Hello and welcome to part two of three of our podcast series as we gear up here for Consensus 2023. I'm your host as always, Jake, and on this week's pod, we talk to my friend Craig and all about remittances, which are international payments. Uh, Craig has an interesting story. He actually lived in Hong Kong and got stuck there during COVID, and that's actually what spawned his interest in crypto. So it was a very practical use case. Uh, which has inspired him to actually help migrants adopt crypto and use it for their payroll and for their banking. So it's a really cool story. It's super practical use case for cryptos. Also, for those new to the pod, I am a member of the Blockchain Acceleration Foundation, and we are working super hard to put on a great show as part of Consensus 2023. So if you're interested in meeting the DAO, coming to our events, we have a number of different events, everything from education to live podcasting with me. Uh, give us a check out on Twitter. That's the Blockchain Acceleration Foundation. Um, and we'd love to see you there in Austin, Texas. So without further ado, let's get started with the pod. But first, a word from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Bath. Bath stands for the Blockchain Acceleration Foundation, and they are a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to accelerating the development and adoption of Web3. Bath hosts networking and educational meetups and supports blockchain clubs at universities worldwide. BAF's sponsors and supporters include NIR and the Algorand Foundation, who help BAF launch more educational activities. To learn more, follow the Blockchain Acceleration Foundation on Twitter. When you think of trade schools, you probably think of blacksmiths or heavy machinery operators. And at uni, we set out to change this. Uni is helping teachers build modern trade schools by connecting them with employers through our project-based, always live course library. If you want to learn more about building your own trade school for the jobs of tomorrow, contact us at uniapp.xyz. Hey, Jake. Thanks for having me. Uh, My name is Craig. I've been teaching for 10 years now, uh, seven of which have been in Hong Kong. Uh, I'm also a licensed teacher in Washington, D.C. here in the States. Today, I work for Consensus, uh, doing support for MetaMask, and really happy to be here. Awesome, Craig. So the reason that me and you actually first met is I'm really passionate about education, as our listeners probably know. And I always love learning about how people are getting creative in the Web3 space to educate. And when I read about RemitDAO, I thought, wow, this is a really cool idea. So I'll try and introduce it, but you can kind of you know go on about how this idea came to fruition. But essentially, from what I understand, RemitDAO is a way to learn about international payments using crypto. So uh, you were working, I think, abroad, and you saw a need for people to avoid uh, the classic uh, traps of wiring money and costs and wait times and all of that. And people just weren't aware of how to use crypto. So you figured, hey, this would be a good opportunity for me to kind of open up my own school. And thus, RemitDAO came to, to be. But I would love to hear more from your perspective about why you started the DAO, why a DAO. You know, there's lots of ways you could have built this company and really the, the audience it serves. Right. So uh, it all started in the aftermath of COVID, actually. Um, When COVID happened, I was completely severed from my life in Hong Kong. Uh, I was unable to return because I was not a permanent resident. And um, being in the United States, you know, early 2020, right after the COVID uh, restrictions had taken place, uh, it was really a traumatic time for a lot of people. For me, I was I could not return to my home, my apartment, all my things, my friends, my students in Hong Kong were all kind of cut off from me. The worst part was my bank account was also um, inaccessible to me. 
Um, if you've ever tried to move money uh, out of China or out of Hong Kong, you'll know that it's notoriously difficult. Um, trying to get my little hometown U.S. bank here in America to um, accept um, a bank transfer from an HSBC account all the way across the world was very difficult, especially when I couldn't physically be there um, to handle the transaction and to talk to bank folks. Being completely frustrated with the traditional finance system, I looked for alternative methods to move my money. It's important to note during this time, I hadn't practiced using digital currency at all. It really wasn't something I was interested in, but I needed, I needed uh, utility. So that's when a friend of mine told me about uh, ERC-20 tokens, and he said, basically, this is what they're used for. So I was able to on-ramp my money directly from my Chinese bank account and uh, you know send it to my Coinbase account here in the States and off-ramp it. It all took you know a matter of minutes, and I was just shocked at this technology. Uh, prior to this, I thought that you know Bitcoin and crypto and Ethereum were all just investment vehicles, but now I saw that actually they did serve a purpose. There was utility here, and um, at that point, I was astonished. At that point, I was like you know no looking back, you know red pilled as you'd say. And um, being a teacher, as I am, I'm a lifelong learner. So I was just uh, became obsessed with learning everything I could about blockchain. And um, today, you know, it's what three, three and a half years later, um, I find myself working in a for a software company, you know, that builds uh, technology solutions for uh, blockchain and specifically Ethereum, but. You know, once I'm in a, in a, I was in a place where I became comfortable and I could actually think about what I could do to help people who are in my same situation, because I knew I, I wasn't alone, right? I knew I couldn't be the only person with this problem. Um, and I looked back, I, th I thought back about my time in Hong Kong. And when I was there teaching students, uh, I was teaching kids, usually eight, nine, 10, 11 years old. I, I love teaching. I would always um, t run into their domestic helpers, which if you're familiar with Hong Kong, you would know that um, there are no daycares there. Instead, families hire migrant workers from developing countries to live in the house with families to take care of the kids, do all the cooking and cleaning and you know helping taking care of grandma and whatnot. All the chores for a household is done by a migrant worker. And they're typically, or they're always from developing countries, you know, Philippines, uh, Indonesia, and they're the ones sending the most money overseas, which is what I had to do. Um, it's called a remittance. So my, migrant workers in Hong Kong are sending remittances back home to their family uh, two, three times a month um, as this is a, as a lifeline for their family's survival, right? In developing countries, there are no jobs. So the breadwinner is usually the one who works overseas to send their money back home. Well, that, that, that works fine. But the problem with them is they're not as privileged as I am. You know, I was privileged enough to have b banking representation, you know, at least, even though the banks um, made a headache for me and I was disgusted with them, at least I had a bank. 
migrant workers, the majority of them are don't have a bank. Majority of them are either too poor, um, in debt, have poor social credit, any number of these things. So they don't get bank a bank. They they get ignored or shunned by uh, traditional finance. So. I would see them in Hong Kong. I would walk down the streets and see Western Union locations or MoneyGram or any of these other remittance providers. Um, and there's lines of people waiting outside the door to get in in order to send their money back home. Well, I, I remember wondering at the time, I thought, why don't they just use a bank? And I was just really ignorant at the time because I didn't really understand their plight. And uh, I understand it a lot more now um, because, you know, I've taken on myself to research and to learn and to have compassion, a lot of compassion for um, the migrant worker community. And so in, in Hong Kong, there's about 400,000 migrant workers. Um, and in Singapore, it's 1.3 million. There's, there's a huge, huge population of overseas workers that are sending their money back home to their families and they don't have a bank to do that. So they end up paying the highest fees and having the longest wait times, you know, using typical uh, remittance solutions like uh, Western Union. I think everyone's familiar with Western Union. Now, I even went, I, I was like, wow, what's, what's this like? So I sent a transaction to my friend in Indonesia um, via Western Union in Hong Kong just to see what it was like. And I sent $100 to um, my friend in, in um, Indonesia, and I paid 20, what was it, 27% in fees. So $27 out of that 100 was taken in fees just to send it to my friend uh, without a bank. And I was, it, I was like, wow, there's a lot of potential for disruption here. Uh, I think the remittance industry is ripe for disruption. Actually, I think this is one of the areas where I think Web three and you know digital currency in general uh, can pick up the slack from where traditional finance has completely abandoned people. I mean, um, HSBC and these huge um, multinational banks specifically in Southeast Asia, because that's, it's kind of like a second home for me, right? I lived in Hong Kong so long, it's like a second home. But um, this is where there's very high concentrations of migrant workers. So um, really, I'm trying to create as much impact as I can to help them, not just with remittances, but um, any way possible. So that's kind of how I kind of got started um, with Remit Dow. That's a great story, Craig. So, you know, I think the biggest hurdle for these at-risk groups, because I used to live in San Diego and I had a similar experience where I would walk on Sundays uh, downtown and I would go and see Mexican immigration offices and money wiring and payday stuff. And, you know, long lines, uh, needed Spanish translators, high fees, I'm sure that were very predatory. But with the crypto world, I think the biggest fear that a lot of these um, immigrants have is the money has to get there, right? They're for rent payments, they're for food, uh, they are potentially living paycheck to paycheck or providing for a family, you know? So when you, you know, I, I think get your money from US dollar into a now token an ERC 20, as you referenced, and you send it abroad, yes, that, that will work and it will be a lower cost. But then, you know, the recipient on their side has to be able to use that and turn it back into a peso or, you know, in your case, whatever the local currency is. And 
Southeast Asia. So, so how have you addressed those concerns about that? This is one safe to do, and you're not going to lose money. You know, when Bitcoin you buy at five dollars down two dollars, for example. Uh, and then, and then two, how are you going to, you know, answer the question? Well, how's my family actually going to buy groceries with this once I send it to them? Um, so tell me a little bit how Rumit Dow answers those probably two key concerns. Sure. The first concern you said was about security and keeping their funds safe, securing funds for users. And I'll admit that's a huge, huge hurdle. Um, it's hard to get people interested in participating in a system that they don't understand. And, um, you know, it's also not dealing with fiat, which is much, much more tangible than uh, digital currency. So, yes, yeah, sec- security is a, is a big, con- I mean, not security, but um, really trust is a big concern. And really, when I, when I talk about that, I really point out that there have been tons and tons of trust issues with Western Union, with these traditional um, delivery services, uh, traditional remittance services. Um, there have been countless uh, accounts of them, you know, losing funds for users or some kind of corruption with the staff at a Western Union. Um, so I would say that if you are trusting um, a traditional remittance provider, you're really trusting normal people, regular people. I mean, the staff that works at a Western Union, you know, they're underpaid, they're overworked, right? They're, they're, you have to put a lot of trust into people. However, if you're using a digital currency, you're putting trust in code, you're putting trust in um, a protocol that can only serve one purpose. And since there's, and yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of hard because you have to convince people to put their trust into code, into algorithms, instead of something that's been around for 170 years, like Western Union has. Um, so it's an uphill battle. <laughs> it's an uphill battle for that, definitely. The second part of that question was uh, off-ramping, right? This is, I would say, the number one roadblock is how do I off-ramp? You know, migrant worker families are still very heavily cash-based, um, and that's something that's changing, you know, little by little. If you look at places like Kenya in Africa where they aren't so cash-based and they can use digital currency to um, send peer-to-peer to their friends or to pay bills or to buy food at a grocery store and um, at retail locations, that's what something I want to catch on in other parts of the world, specifically in Southeast Asia. And I think it should. I think naturally it, it should, and it, it is slowly progressing in that, that, um, that direction. But as of right now, the migrant workers and the, their families are not really concerned with numbers on a screen, right? They're concerned with cash in hand, fiat. So there, are, there is one solution that I have uh, found that is that's working quite well for Philippine residents. Um, there's an app called Gcash. Uh, this is an app specifically for Philippine nationals. Um, who the reason what makes Gcash so special is this is an app that was created in the Philippines by Filipinos for Filipinos, and it has been it's accepted at I don't even know how many tens of thousands of retail locations, um, grocery stores, pharmacies, uh, you name it. You can send it peer to peer. 
So there is no off-ramp needed in those situations. Uh, a family would receive a remittance and then they could literally take their phone to the grocery store and pay with a QR code or send it to their landlord to pay rent or you know pay a, a boat a boat driver so obviously the Philippines is a is an island nation so there as far as logistics is concerned for an island nation like Philippines this app is much needed i mean think about it if you look at the geography of the Philippines it's you know tens of thousands of little isolated islands um, traditional finance would not really do very well there. I don't think it would work very well for people. So um, a solution like Gcash where you can, you don't have to worry about cash. There is no off-ramp. You don't need to off-ramp anymore. That's, I think we should all take a lesson from the Philippines and I take a lesson from Gcash to say, look, this is working here. Let's make a solution like this that works in our region, in our, in our communities, in our country. Awesome. So do you have any success stories you'd like to share, like families or students you've worked with where before they were doing this old process, going to the Western Union, waiting in line, sending money abroad, and now they've been able to, I guess, utilize Web3 or crypto and improve their lives and improve the lives of their family and, and international payments and remittances? Yeah, right now, um, so RemitDAO is still kind of young. We're still in the in the phase where we're still kind of building. Uh, as far as success stories, I, I have one that's recently happening. In fact, it's ongoing right now, and that is for um, there's a there's an Indonesian migrant worker who was recently fired from her job in Hong Kong. Now, when a migrant worker is fired or quits or their contract is expired for any reason, they 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 end the the job that they currently have. It's it puts them in a really really tight spot, puts them in a very uncomfortable position because, um, like I said earlier, the the migrant workers live with the family to do the cooking and cleaning and child rearing and all that. So if they quit or like say let's say they're the the boss is abusive, or um, any other reason why they would it would be a bad situation to stay with a family. If they quit, they lose their home at the same time. So they've lost their stream of income. They've lost their home at the same time. So they're essentially homeless. And then uh, they have only 14 days to find a new job uh, or else they are deported. There's new legislation that's trying to cut that in half to seven days. So soon it will be only be seven days to find a new job before they get deported. Now, this is a very tight spot for them because if they get deported, they usually wind up back home in their home country in even more debt than they had when they took the job in the first place. So getting deported would be uh, a complete disaster for them. So... Anyway, back to this, back to the, the girl I'm, I'm trying to describe here. She lost her job, so she was homeless, and she, she needed resources, okay? She needed a place to stay. She needed clothes for a new job interview because she had to immediately get, take job interviews. I mean, imagine having to interview for jobs when you don't even, you don't have a home. Um, also, just, you know, paying for food, you know, and and drinks. So what we needed to do is just get her the resources she needs in order to get another job, in order to, to 
to continue working. Otherwise, she would be deported. Um, so I was able to do that. It, we kind of had to do it in a um, a different way, a special way, because she didn't have a bank. And for Indonesians, we don't really have a good solution for them yet. Uh, the solution I described before is only for Philippine uh, migrant workers. For Indonesians, it's a bit more tricky. So um, what I was able to do is allocate some m money for living expenses. And I used um, ERC-20 tokens, USDC, to send to another remit DAO member in Hong Kong who was then able to physically hand her the, the cash for it and get her to a community living center, like a kind of like a hostel so that she could actually have um, a warm bed, a, you know, a warm place to sleep. So right now that I call that a win right now. That was a, that was a big win for us. Um, as far that wasn't really a remittance though. That was really just helping them in any way we can. As far as remittance is concerned, actually, we just I just created a video recently um, for a Philippine migrant worker, basically showing how to use GCash. Uh, that's the remittance tool that I described earlier, where we literally took um, one hundred dollars and we took it down to a Seven Eleven and they scanned the QR code. Beep. Okay, the hundred dollars is now on the GCash app. Now a few clicks and she sends the $100 to her daughter uh, living in the Philippines, thousands of miles away. And uh, her, then, I, and then the best part is we got video of her daughter receiving the money, holding her phone up to her face saying, look, look what I got. Mom sent me a, mom sent me $100. Let's go shopping. And they, then we got video of them walking to the grocery store. Uh, picking out food. Of course, the girl picks out a bunch of junk food <laughs> and go going to the cashier and um, showing them their QR code for Gcash. Beep. Everything's paid for. And the video ends with them walking home and eating it. And the video shows them eating it. So we literally went from the beginning of the video, $100 in cash, to a f literally a few minutes later is food in the bellies of her family tens of thousands of way, miles away in a foreign country. I think that's impressive. So that's, this is kind of a demonstration that uh, I want to document. I want to document as much as I can to show people that, you know, look, it's, it's 2023. Okay. The, the tools are already here. We don't need to, we don't necessarily need to reinvent the, the wheel here. Uh, I think that you and I and most people listening know that there are digital tools that people can use without a bank, right? That's the key here, without a bank to send remittances or otherwise send money overseas um, or receive money from overseas. Um, that's kind of what I wanted to document there. So that is that was our success story. Wow, that's great. So I guess how do you scale this then? And you know, what would I guess incentivize people to be part of this DAO or keep this DAO sustainable? Are you trying to work with maybe your main employer consensus to say, hey, this is a great way to onboard people to our wallet is through these educational niche initiatives and we're gonna teach it in this language in this territory that's really in need. Um, do you expect, you know, to expand, I guess, your offerings to maybe work with other businesses and kind of offer remittances, which are for those that don't know, I, I didn't know before this interview, basically, uh, 
employee payments. Um, what's kind of your long-term vision or model, I think, for the DAO? Well, to scale the DAO, we really just need to build a, a much greater network. What I'd like to have is um, eventually, it was where, where I, what I, where I see Remit DAO going is um, having a place, a strong network of people, many of whom will be natives. That means I want um, migrant workers in different communities to join the DAO and to be the support group, kind of to be a support group, because I want to extend our mission and our impact far beyond just remittances. I, like the story I mentioned earlier with the girl getting fired, there's there's much bigger struggles facing migrant communities than just remittances. Uh, like I said, there's deportation and there's abuse. There's lots of other um, obstacles here, lots of other things facing, lots of other challenges facing them. So the way I see it is we have a, a, a big enough network in cities where with a high migrant worker population, like Hong Kong, where if when once somebody is identified as um, maybe they just got fired, maybe they're facing abuse, or maybe they're look like like I said, they don't have a bank and they're paying high fees and you know waiting three four days for remittances to clear. Eventually, I want to have a network of natives in foreign countries who can provide expertise on their geographic region. Like I know a lot about Hong Kong and the scenario in Hong Kong. I know a lot about Hong Kong, but I don't know a lot about other foreign countries. For example, in South America, we're building a, a large base in different countries in South America. Now, I, tr I want them to be the experts. I want them to be able to uh, create proposals and really take leadership roles in those countries. When someone comes to me from a foreign country that I've never been to, and they say, yeah, you know, there's a, there's a lot of migrant workers here who face similar issues. I, I want them to take leadership roles because I've ne I've, if I've never been to that country, I really shouldn't be the one making decisions about what to do there. I want to broaden the scope of Remit Dow and broaden the, uh, the impact we have by letting people from foreign countries um, become the leaders in their in, in remit DAO for that region, um, create uh, support channels and support groups for migrant workers to or asylum seekers. So create support groups for migrant workers and or asylum seekers um, to ask questions, uh, to to um, find digital tools they can use to build wealth essentially uh, because the money that's taken from uh, remittances on a daily basis if you total that up it's right right we're in the we're talking in the in the millions here and that money is being taken from people at really the bottom of the social ladder oftentimes they they typically are forced into uh, situations where they have to work abroad to, to feed their family. So I think if anyone should be helped by Web3, it would be them.
Gotcha. So wrapping up with the pod today, you know, we work with a lot of students and some teachers that listen to this and, you know, this is definitely a new way of going about things, right? You know, traditionally you might work with a nonprofit or you might work with a bank that teaches financial literacy. Um, you know, how do you go about, you know, reaching out? Do you go to these kind of camps and say, Hey, I have this DAO join my discord, or do you just kind of have like workshops that you set up in like kind of a YMCA type thing? I don't know what equivalent there is in Hong Kong, but tell me a little bit about, you know, as a teacher, this can be scary, right? To kind of go out and build your own program, build your own DAO. So what, what do you, would you kind of give advice for other teachers or students that kind of want to be part of these initiatives? Yeah, well, to reach migrant workers, a lot of people don't know where to start. Uh, I mean, for example, here in America, I'm in America right now. Um, I'm in Omaha, Nebraska. If I wanted to reach out to the migrant community here in Omaha, I wouldn't really know what the first step would be to take. Um, but compare that with a place like Hong Kong, for example, where the migrant worker community is is right in your face. Actually, it's it's. Uh, present anywhere, everywhere you go. And that's because uh, every Sunday is their day off. So every Sunday, the streets fill with migrant workers. Uh, it's like the city explodes every Sunday. Every street, every sidewalk, every p park is covered in cardboard boxes where the migrant workers spend their day because they don't have a home to go to. And so it's a lot of outreach. In fact, I call Remit Dow an outreach Dow because physical outreach is really what builds trust. Physical outreach is what um, is the best, let me try that again. Physical outreach builds trust and physical outreach, I believe is the only way to truly create impact in these communities. Because let's be honest, you know, migrant workers, they don't, they've never heard of discord before, you know, um, the ones I've talked to, have heard of Twitter, but they typically don't have a Twitter account. Uh, the only way they do networking and social social networking is through Facebook and um, Instagram. So you have to go where they are. You can't expect them to come to you, right? No, no amount of sending your you know Twitter link or your Discord profile to them will will do any good. You really have to meet them where they are. So. I have um, been on numerous migrant worker um, uh, Facebook groups. So I have subscribed to numerous migrant worker Facebook groups for Hong Kong and Singapore. And this is where I can reach a huge number of them. I mean, I, um, I created a post on there once in Hong Kong um, asking for help making that video. And uh, the one I described to you about um, sending $100 to via Gcash. So when I, when I created a post in these forums asking for help, I got overwhelming response. Within 45 minutes, I remember I got like what, 50, over 50 responses. So there's, there's a lot of potential for connection, but you have to use their channels. And we're talking Facebook and Instagram instead of Twitter and uh, Discord. What was the other part of that question you asked? I, I mean, I think you covered it. I, I think it was really just all about how do you kind of build your own learning program, right? Because it's hard to source students and it's hard to generate content. And, you know, basically you're, you're, 
you're happy, you're going out, you're finding students, you're not only teaching them, but then you're trying to guide them through outcomes, which is like successfully doing the Dow. So, or the, the remittance. Um, so I was just wondering kind of what your, your plan to scale was or how you could kind of, you know, tell other teachers, you know, where was your plan to kind of maybe as students complete the course, have them maybe work with the Dow to kind of teach the next, uh, class, uh, or kind of spread word of mouth. Um, you know, after they know how to do remittances, kind of what's the, the purpose of the DAO, um, maybe maybe touch on that and then close out by telling people how to get in touch with you and, and join the DAO. Okay. Well, I want to mention, um, before I finish here, I want to mention that it's a really important, it's vital to build trust. You don't just walk up to someone on the street and start asking them about their remittance habits. You know, that's fine. That's finance, you know. So there's a, there's a huge guard that at least should be up there. I mean, if someone someone asked me on the street about about my finance, I don't think I would necessarily tell them or join their um, their group or whatever. So it's a huge huge part. It's very vital to build trust, and that starts with curiosity, because uh, migrant families, migrant workers, they have a very very different outlook on life than you do. I mean, they have a completely different upbringing. So it's important to actually care about them. Be an active listener. Listen to what what uh, they have to say and and where they've where they've came from because it's going to be a very important to you later to build relations with them. Um, and volunteer. Like I've I've spent a lot of time in Hong Kong. And I'm going back next week. I'm going back to Hong Kong um, on Friday. So. It's a really important to volunteer your time and to show that you're sacrificing your time, not for a um, specific reason, but really just because you you care about you care about what you're doing, right? Show them that you care and you're passionate about what you're doing, and that you will not only just listen to them, but be there. Really, just be their friend and be a friend. That's why I like DAOs so much is because it's a, it's a, a you know, a social group, it's a social platform where, um, you know, you don't have to know people. You can, you can, you don't have to know their entire story, but, um, we can all kind of collaborate around the same idea and, um, working with migrant workers, I would say, or asylum seekers, uh, refugees, any of these types of people who would be either sending or receiving remittances internationally, uh, it really starts with getting to know them as a person and, and volunteering. So that's one thing I'm going to be doing uh, a lot more when I return to Hong Kong next week is just volunteering with, with no agenda, right? I go into this with no agenda because I want to learn. I want to lead with curiosity. So I think that's important. Otherwise, to reach Remit Dow, the best way to reach us is through our Twitter. That's at Remit Dow. It's R-E-M-I-T-T-D-A-O. Also, our Discord uh, is a great way to reach us. You can find links to these both on our website which is remitdao.io. That's R-E-M-I-T-T-D-A-O.io. And you can learn a lot more about us and uh, send me a message. I will return. I will return your message if you uh, reach out. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show today. I hope that our audience and uh, 
potentially others that are interested in using international remittances will co-check you out. And uh, thanks for everything you do. You're always welcome, Todd. And there you have it. Another episode of the Web3 podcast in the books. Uh, thanks again for Craig for coming on the show. And for those going to Consensus, make sure to check out BAF's Twitter, the Blockchain Acceleration Foundation. We have a full agenda of events actually posted right now. There's eight ways to get involved and connect with us. We're also going to be there giving out swag and all sorts of fun stuff. So uh, give that a check out. Also, uniapp.xyz is live. So if you want to take a class, post a class, recruit some talent, uh, we have a lot of opportunities going on. So again, thanks for listening. Feel free to reach out if you're interested in being on the show or if you have feedback for us. And make sure to like, follow, and subscribe. Have a good one. Keep building. Talk to you later. And thanks, as always, for our DJ, Aladiba, for playing us out.